Welcome to another episode of ASX Market Goss. For no more than 30 minutes, we're going to dig a little deeper today with ASX-listed small cap companies, their focus, the future, the highs, the lows, and what's next. And a part of that conversation is to get to know our guests on a personal level. Their experiences, their journeys, their mentors, their slips, their slides, even down to the coffee of choice, their footy team of choice, and life away from the share price and investment-making decision. Today's guest is Clive Jones, Chair of Kazali Resources Limited, ASX Code CAZ. Clive, appreciate you coming in, and may we say to our audience today, we're recording in the middle of a storm in WA. And it's freezing cold, Tim. It's not, I'm not used to this at all. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Um, in a moment, we're going to talk uh, about Kazali and where you're at. Of course, it's a name synonymous to Aussie Rules sports fans. Is that where it's born from, the Roy Kazali? Uh, yes, it is indeed, Tim. Uh, as uh, with many of these things, a bit of a story behind that one. Um, back in 2003, I think it was, uh, myself and uh, the infamous Nathan McMahon, my business partner, at the time, um, well, for many for the next 20 years. Uh, we're at the uh, Palace Hotel back bar. It was uh, diggers, <laughs> about three in the morning, and the place was full. Nate and I were talking about uh, what I'm going to call this company. What I'm going to call it. He was determined to call it Kazali Resources, and I just wasn't convinced. I thought, you know, this, this name is a bit, you know, a bit obvious, <laughs> a bit daggy. You know, is this a real resource company name? Nathan, of course, then started singing the song. And before you knew it, the whole back bar was singing the song. There were 150 people singing up there because I said, all right, all right, I'll give up. <laughs> and here we are today. Uh, it's a great story, and we will talk more on, uh, on Nathan. Sadly, we lost him uh, last year, of course. But as you mentioned, you founded the company with Nathan those 20 years ago. Where was that born out? Was that also born out at the at Diggers at the Palace, or was it done before that? Well, uh, a little bit before that. Um, about... Uh, Two years earlier, we started our first company together called Hamill Resources, which is now Cape Lambert. Um, and that was born out of a, a cricket match, actually. It was uh, December 2000. Uh, we're at the Wackers together watching uh, the West Indies against Australia. You might remember that match, Tim. It was when um, uh, Glenn McGrath took his hat trick. Oh, I certainly remember and, it. And um, Nathan and I were there. Nathan was said, said to me, oh, look, I'm going to start this company. And I, I need a geologist to help me out. Do you know anybody? And I sort of gave him a few names, and I'd just come from a meeting the day before where I was a little bit peeved about the, my current situation, and it's sort of the penny dropped, and I just said, well, what about me? What the hell? And he said, geez, that's great, mate. I didn't think you'd uh, be, you know, I didn't have the balls to ask you sort of thing, so <laughs> I said, oh, well, here I am. I'm, I'll put myself up there. So away we went. Um, don't know what I was doing at the time. I had a pregnant wife and not a lot of money in the bank, and gold was $250 an ounce. And uh, so we, we, anyway, we got that away six months later. Uh, it was actually interesting. We were flying to Sydney to raise the last money for that company. Um, caught the midnight horror because can't can't afford much else. <laughs> and while we we're in the air, the gold went up forty dollars. Went up from two hundred and fifty to two hundred ninety dollars that night in New York. So we landed in the Sydney. We had the rest of the money done by lunchtime. We had a cracking lunch, and that was it. Away <laughs> we were. So that was it, Nathan. That was our first company. And then eighteen months later, we we needed to get out for various reasons, and we started Kazali. So when you look at Kazali 20 years on, two decades on, um, and I, I read with interest you, you um, have taken on the big boys at the top end of town several times and butted heads with them. You haven't always won those battles, but at the same time it does show there's a little bit of fight in the Kazali dog. Is that sort of where you're at in regards to a company and that has been the sort of the motto of Kazali over the last couple of decades? Hell yeah. I mean, Tim, you know, you, the, the thing I've learned in this game... Um, and it was 
that earlier story about now starting a first company is a good example of it. It's where you really have to back yourself. I mean, if you want to get anywhere, perhaps not in this game, in life general, I mean, you, you really need to look at your skill sets um, and maximise those and back yourself. And if you think you are in the right, and um, then you've got to fight for it. And, you know, you can get through and, and, and win the battles. Sure, you don't win them all, but uh, it's a hell of a ride. And what message does that send to investors and people looking to, to jump in with Kazali? Do, and do you find that you've had people jump on and support because of that sort of uh, that process and that, that drive? Definitely. I mean, um, it's, the industry's changed in the last 20 years, but the, the driving force always, always is to, as I say, back yourself, um, fight the fight when you need to fight, be pragmatic and smart to back off. When you, when you need to. Um, it's a bit of a juggling act. I think um, pragmatic realism is probably the term. Mm. Uh, definitely, yeah. Tell us a bit about, and I know we sadly lost Nathan after a battle, of course, uh, mm. last year, but as you talked about, a business partner for some 20-odd years. Uh, t- tell us about his skill set and, and what it was like working with yeah, him. Yeah, I, I think Nathan's... Um, reputation is probably not quite what it should be. Um, he's sort of seen about the other knockabout lad about town. He's a lot more to the man than that. And in fact, I wouldn't have been with Nathan for all those years if that's all he was. And we wouldn't have had the successes and the ups and downs uh, if, it was, if it was otherwise. And he was an extremely well-read man. Um, he has a massive uh, library, which is full of history books and... Uh, business books, and uh, he's a very intelligent man. And Nathan's real skill was that ability to also back himself um, and to take on risks where others perhaps wouldn't, knowing that as a team we could get a really, really hard shake. His commercial aspects were excellent and his, um, his black book of the industry. I mean, Nathan grew up. Um, surrounded by the captains of industry. His parents were very well known in the industry. Um, so ever since he was a child, he was surrounded by these guys and he was very well respected by those guys. Um, so there's a lot more to Nathan than, than what the, probably the public is aware of. And what did you help him with then? If he turned and called your help, as you talk about Cape Lambert, yeah. and then you talk about now with Kazali, what do you reckon you offered him? We were a really good team uh, in that, I obviously brought technical aspects, expertise to, to the table, which he didn't have. Um, but more than that, we it was a unique relationship in that we could rely on the other one to make business decisions without the other, other one being there and knowing that the other one will back you 100%. So it allowed us to... Um, to we were very like-minded commercially as well. Um, we both loved... Love the fight. We love the challenge. I mean, this is the best game in town, Tim. I mean, seriously. <laughs> you, I mean, anybody in this industry, we get to travel the world, go to some weird-ass places um, <laughs> at someone else's expense. I mean, how good is life? Um, and there's a whole bunch of you know, a bunch of stories in, in there. But yeah, it, it was. It, we just made a great team. We, we we had each other's back. We knew how the other one thought, and we could, um, uh, you know, think ahead of each other and. Together we work well. Well, saying you could make decisions when the other wasn't there and you could back each other in 100%, what 
Were there many eye-rolling moments where Nathan would make a decision, you go, what the, and you, and maybe the, you'd made decisions and he would contact you and go, what have we done here? Or was it never that? I'm pausing because I can't think of one. Seriously. Um, there were ones where I would go, geez, that's pushing the edge, but what the hell, let's go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I'd, I'd say no to that. You miss him? Oh, enormously. You know, the, it's... The big thing is that bouncing ideas off someone like, you know, <laughs> every time I go to my desk in the morning, there'd be this, uh, Nathan would use these yellow legal pads to write his weird-ass ideas on, and he'd just, he'd, or semi-emails, just saying, I'm just doing a brain dump before I forget it, and there's would be weird-ass ideas on my desk, and I miss, miss not having them. Um, mm. And I'd throw a lot of them out, but, you know, the old one we run with. Um, so it, it's mainly about bouncing weird-ass ideas so he had the long illness and we lost him, as we mentioned. So his legacy would continue through Kazali. But um, how are you going? Have you, have you taken on more personally with his absence now? Well, it's, um, it's a different regime. I mean, we're really fortunate to have Tara French as our new managing director in there now. And Tara is fantastic. Um, clearly, no one can replace Nathan. Um, so it is different in that the weird-ass ideas are less flowing. Um, I certainly have my own, and, and they get they get knocked down by Tara <laughs> or, run, <laughs> or run with by Tara. But it's, it's a different world, for sure. We've spoken to Tara, of course, and uh, was incredibly impressive in that time. More on Kazali in a moment. In fact, I'll, I'll let, let's just go back to more recent times, and you had the announcement about James Bay in Quebec, of course, that, and... Mm. Just give the listeners and the possible people who are listening for the first time, tell us a bit about that uh, uh, acquisition. Sure. Well, the James Bay region is probably you know, rapidly becoming, along with the Pilbara and WA, the, one of the premier jurisdictions in the world for hard rock lithium exploration. Uh, several new discoveries there. Of course, Alchem's James Bay deposit, um, uh, Patriot Metals, Corvette discovery, etc., etc. several other. Uh, significant resources there, and it's really interesting. It's 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 a such a large region and it just hasn't been explored. It's it's quite staggering, really. Um, the package of ground that we picked up is enormous. Um, Two hundred sixty square kilometres, five hundred and ten claims. It's it's one of the biggest packages picked up in recent times compared to other other parties that picked up. So it's a very large piece of ground. It has over two hundred pegmatites mapped by the Geological Survey over there. And they just haven't been explored. So to pick up, and this is what Kazali does, we, we generate projects. Um, we like to work one or two of those um, aggressively um, and churn over the other projects. So our company philosophy is one of, um, we actually treat it more as a, it's a business. It's not just a dream like many juniors have. This is, sure we have the dream, but it's a business at the end of the day. After 20 years, for us to only still only have less than 400 million shares an issue with no capital reconstructions is very unique because we generate a lot of cash from projects, generating projects, moving them on, getting cash and shares in other companies, joint ventures, etc., etc. Um, so picking up projects like the one in James Bay is what we do. Um, we're really keen to get on the ground, um, you know, subject to our due diligence, which we're going through at the moment. If that stacks up, we're going to get on the ground as hard as we can crack some rocks and see if she's a boy or a girl. <laughs> when you talk about, um, you know, and I'm interested to read where, you you know, it is that business and you sort of, you you you, you buy, 
you, you make your money, you, it seems as though you shift it back to the shareholders and the investors very quickly. What sort of people are the investors of Kazali? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, it's, it's those that do understand our business model, um, knowing that sometimes it takes time, that uh, we will, if we give something a crack, then there's a reason we're giving it a crack, um, and that we can find you know, jewels out there. Uh, we do pride ourselves on our technical ability. Our technical um, team is, is very strong, and Tara adds enormously to that. You know, Tara's background is, is fantastic, having found over 6 million ounces of gold, worked at Regis for 14 years as the exploration manager. Um, Tara knows her stuff. And did you go great. after Tara, or did Tara come after you? Um, we went through a headhunter who found her for us, um, and the fit is ideal both for her and for us. And this is a great vehicle for Tara. We, we, we get along extremely well. We're very like-minded now, thinking on, on exploration and uh, business strategy as well. And um, it's, it's, uh, it should work, you know, it should work. We're, we're giving it a crack. We don't know where we'll end up, don't know how it'll go, but that's the game we're in. This isn't making widgets, you know, we're, we're in a hard game. Clive, I'd love to know about your um, your ethos in, in the industry. Someone that's been around for as long as you have, and everyone, when I say that I'm going to be speaking to you today in the podcast, they say, oh, he's, he's been there, done that. He's, just, he's, got a, he's a font of knowledge. He knows everything. He's, uh, he's seen the ups and the downs. Um, what, do you, what do you want to be remembered as? Or do you care about your legacy and what people think? You're, I know you're a straight shooter and you've got strong opinions because um, we live in a world where having real fierce opinions and uh, and uh, and mindsets can sometimes be offensive to people. What 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 do you think people think of you, and do you care? Um, it's not something I really thought a lot about, Tim. Um, thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> have a think. You don't have to answer. Oh look, no. Look, I just think um, I, I just think that I oh, know it's a corny phrase, but you know the the guy that gave it a good honest crack. Mm. You know, um, I do pride myself on the ability to be a fairly honest straight shooter. Um, happy to call a spade a spade when it is. Perhaps not as strong as Nathan would, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was always there to back him up when he did. Um, yeah, no, just a, a good honest player who is, you know, is willing to really um, give the projects a crack. I mean, we are the junior, junior exploration sector. We are the stormtroopers of, 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 the, of, the, of the industry. We're the front line. We go. We go where others don't. Are you the risk takers? We are the risk takers. We we go where other people fear to tread. And um, I've, I've I've been to some pretty weird ass places, Tim. And, <laughs> tell uh, us about some of those. I'm not too sure. I want to go tell us. T- tell it. Tell us about some of those. Where's the weirdest place uh, when you walked away and gone, wow, what have I just done? Where would that be? Okay, well, it's probably way way up the Irrawaddy in Myanmar, Burma. Um, there was a, uh, a nickel project I was exploring, looking at exploring. We had to drive uh, about 12 hours up from um, uh, into the middle of Burma, from the middle of nowhere to start with. And when we got there, it was, it was like a medieval village, this place. It was built on a swamp. There was an island about 500 metres in the middle of the swamp. And the, the chief, he had his hut on top of that island and there was a causeway out and along the causeway were these little jetties where people had their huts, and that the village was on the swamp. It did have electricity, but the, the little hut we stayed in it was about a twelve watt bulb, 
and it didn't last long. And there was mosquitoes. It was an absolute. Am I allowed to use the word shit hole? You can always cut that out. No, we'll run with that. Um, it was terrible. Um, and then the next day, we had to hop in these canoes and go down the Irrawaddy for about eight hours just to get to the project. I mean, this is hard going. Suffice to say, we didn't run with it at the end. It was just too logistically difficult. Um, that's one of the men. Have you ever been to Timbuktu? <laughs> no, I haven't. Mali? I've always wanted to know. I don't even know what happens in Mali, but I, I, my, bro, my brother-in-law uh, had work in Timbuktu and I've always wanted to sit in a room with someone that's been to Timbuktu. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't, Tim, and uh, it's not on my Not, not on your bucket list? list. No. Uh, when you wake up as chair of Kazali, what's the first thing you do on a working day in your mind as chair? Oh, look, I'm, I'm probably no different than anybody else. Um, check the emails from and messages from staff to start with to see if anything dramatics happen, particularly because we've got projects overseas. Um, if anything's happened to my projects overseas or my people, more importantly. Um, and then look at the, uh, the news from the industry um, and the emails. And then, um, then, then I head into the office. Do you look at the opposition and do you care Always. what the opposition are doing or do you, is that important? No, it's very important. No, definitely. No, oh, yeah. we've had some people sit in this chair and say, well, we, it's the uncontrollable. We can't control what they're doing, so we just focus on what we're doing. Tim, the, the, yeah, I, I agree with the, with the phrase. It's a bit like when people ask me what the commodity price is going to be. Look, I can sit here and pontificate. There are analysts out there who pontificate. That's their job. They get it wrong. The best thing you can do in this industry, I think, is not necessarily predict what will happen, but be the first to react when something does. So you need to know what's going on out there. So you have to look at what you're other people in the industry are doing. Um, our pegging of the uh, uranium ground in Namibia is a great example of that. And Nathan came to my office one day and said, have you seen the price of uranium? Uranium wasn't on anybody's watch list in early 2005. Mm. It had gone from 10 to $17. I was aware of the uranium province in Namibia, so we hopped on a plane, went over there and pegged the ground. Two, three weeks later, the rest of the industry sort of followed, but they were too late. Um, We'd sort of like pick the eyes out of it. Um, so you need to sort of be on top of of what's happening out there. Well, I'm sure you are. Uh, just in regards to uh, your coffee of choice, are you a coffee drinker? I definitely am, uh, but I only have one a day. One a day? Mid-morning. Oh, I can't have one in the evening, Tim. I can't sleep. <laughs> I, need my, I need my sleep. Um, yeah, so mid-morning. Um, my doctor says I have to have a skinny flat white these days. No, that's so. me. That's me. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. 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 So. Mine's an extra hot, extra shot. Yeah, I like the extra shot as well. Yeah. Um, and if I have to have a second one, or if I am if I need to be up and about, then I might have a short macchiato. It's a little top-up. A little top-up. <laughs> um, staff, you talk of your staff, and you've talked, you know, you care about your staff and you check your, how your staff are travelling and you talk about your front office staff and the like and those out uh, on projects and the like. How important is staff happiness and, 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 and the morale of staff? It's, it's, it's number one. There's, um, I, boil, I like to boil things down to simple things. Um, to have a good company, you need three, three things. One is an asset, you can work. Two is you need the money to work the asset. And the three things, you need the people. And all three of those things are important to have a successful company. Of course, our staff have been with us, you know, Diane's been with us for 20 years since day one. Uh, Mike. Um, old Spotteroo, he's been with us for, <laughs> you know, just about as long. Our exploration manager's been with us for 15 years or so. Tara's the, 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 you know, the, young, the young buck, 
Or Buckhead. What is it? I don't know what you're supposed to say these days. <laughs> <laughs> so she's been there about two years now. Uh, very, very important, of course. What's your motto? Uh, you, we've, I've talked about your work ethic and stuff like mm. that. Do you have an office motto that everyone works oh, by? I, we don't have one pinned up on the wall or anything like that, but it's, um, it's, it's believe in yourself and have a crack. Mm. Mm. Those two, two things are very important. Are you happy with mistakes? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, you know, make them all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's a thing. That you, your career definitely is, is and who you are today and, and where you go next is, is born out of your success and your failures and you definitely learn, definitely learn from the mistakes. In a moment, I'm going to get you to pitch to, to possible investors and people listening. And, and, and this podcast is about getting to know you and your and your. And your, and your ethos, and, and, and that, I think a lot of people like to know what the CEO, the general managers, and and the um, and the chairman and chairwomen or the chairs are like. Of course, when they are thrusting in their money and uh, and having a gamble, uh, so to speak. Uh, but I want to know how you got how are you a harbour master. Where did that come from? <laughs> You've done your research. Um, oh, I just a. Uh, um a good friend of mine, actually, who actually used to, he's a retired chap who um, used to run one of the, the, the larger financial institutions in Perth several years ago. He was a harbour master, and he said, you've got to join harbour masters. Uh, there's this once-off opportunity coming up. So I did, and that was about four or five years ago. He was on the committee um, when joined, and then he, uh, he left the committee and, and, and threw, me the <laughs> threw me the baton. So um, I'm now on, the, now on the committee of the harbour masters as well. And for those who don't know, the Harbour Masters were the, um, uh, an inaugural coterie club for the Fremantle Dockers. They raised a million dollars by selling a thousand tickets at a thousand dollars each, which helped the club get up and going. Mm. And for that, they got 50 years of benefits from the club. Um, and then they topped them up with small people. When I joined about four years ago, they had a one-off event to add to the, to the list. Um, and we get 35 years of benefits, etc., etc. So we're there... Um, we work very closely with the club to... Uh, the club listen to the Harbour Masters? Yeah, we, we meet regularly, um, have a meeting next week. Um, <laughs> definitely, yeah, no, uh, you know, Dale and um, Simon Garlick are, are both excellent administrators um, and uh, they, they do listen to us, they do come into our meetings. They, they see the Harbour Masters being you know, a very important coterie club and they, they're doing you know, mm. what they can and they support us. No doubt. Well, and why Frio? When when did you cotton on to Frio? Were you an Eagles man before Frio arrived or did you back for another VFL team? I'd love to know the uh, to your, your footy journey. Well, let's set this record straight. Yeah, let's set the record first, straight. First and foremost, a West Perth man. Oh, yeah, apologies yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But, but Can I, I take you back to 1973? No, let's talk Could, 1975. No, I'll go 73. No, I'll start with 73. 10, 12 to 6, 4. I did the West Perth Hall of Fame uh, several months ago, I got invited to do it. And it was a very strange choice because of my disdain for West Perth because of 1973. And there's a story there, and I'll tell you about that one day, about a West Perth supporter who stole my signed Eagles, uh, signed a uh, Subiaco footy off me at the ground on grand final day, and that's why I disliked West Perth. Don't know why you would want to do that, but anyway. Exactly right. So, um, so yeah, so West Perth first and foremost, I like that. Yeah, West Perth, not old Cardi's man. Um, and then... Um, of course, the, the the AFL came along, and um, uh, yes, I did follow the Eagles because it was a West Australian team, mm. and um, this is a good opportunity to thank you for sticking up the uh, 
Western Australia as much as you do, Tim. I really enjoy your work there. And, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Your, your, how you handle those Victorians fantastic. <laughs> Big fan. Thank you very much. Uh, so, and how's your footy team going? How's your footy team going, genuinely? You've just got your mojo back in 2023. Got our mojo back. It's shaky early. Yeah, no, no, that's all right. Well, I think it's uh, credit to, to Longmuir in that he realised where the issue was and he changed the style, just tweaked it quite a bit and the, it, it, the change was enormous. And uh, I was actually over in Sydney for the Sydney game a couple of weeks ago and, and seeing how that forward line mm. worked and how it's structured and he you know, took advantage of the of the Sydney's um, smaller back line was were excellent coaching. So, I'm, you know, we're on track. Are you, a, are you a yeller at the footy? Um, a barricade? I, I have my moments, yeah. yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a booer, though. I'm not, uh, no, it drives me insane, the booing. Um, away from footy and away from Kazali, what keeps you busy? Um, yeah, I do have a, a few other interests. Um, I like to paint. Um, By trying, numbers or? No, uh, I'm trying to do portrait painting at the moment. So. Okay. So is this self-taught or have you done lessons? Oh, I, I, t- I took a lesson. So... Um, um, a chap who studied um, in Florence uh, for a couple of years uh, came over and he's, uh, he's, he put me under the under the knife and um, so that, that, that that's interesting. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I've got no depth. I've got no three dimensional. I got nothing. I got. I can't do it. Well, yeah. I, I've drawn the same face and the same face detail when I'm drawing with my granddaughter. I draw the same face, the same eyes, the same ears, right, the same hair. You just need to. You need two things. One, you've got to have an interest to learn. And if you don't have the interest to learn, then you're not going to learn. Yeah. So it, you can learn anything if you've got an interest. Yeah. So um, how did you get in? What, well, I've always been interested in art. Okay. Are you an art collector? I, I, I collect a bit of art, yeah. Yeah, nice. And um, I used to paint a lot pre-kids, and kids came along, and I, I didn't do anything for 20 odd years, so I'm getting back into that. which is And, and portrait painting is a real the, the real challenge, I think. Yeah. So I like that. Who are you working on? Uh, well, I just finished Honourable Son number two. And uh, the other boys are now saying, what about me? Oh, cool. So. <laughs> uh, that's cool. I like it. Do they sit? Or do you just no, draw, they, they, draw they, off a photo? No, they sit. You've got, you got, got to have an aspect of it from life. Yeah. yeah you're, you're, the, you're, you're the Arndo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your space in ABC? You know? <laughs> and what else apart from the painting? Uh, the other hobbies? Music, guitar, yeah. yeah. I, I, my eclectic group of music friends and uh, we, we write our own stuff as well and... Uh, play music together as well, so there's that. It's a great release. I mean, you've got your footy, yeah. your painting, yeah. your music, yeah. and then you've got the world. We've got the world, yeah. Uh, you've got a good balance. Yeah, I do, but there's not enough hours in the day, Tim. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's, uh, it's, um, it's something where I'm probably going to be pretty average at a lot of things because I don't focus on one thing enough. But that's okay. I, I enjoy it. As you say, you're having a crack, and that's... Correct. You've spoken about it several times. Yeah, it's important to have that variety. Okay, so tell us a bit then. Let's go back to Kazali and give us the short, the the medium and the long-term goals of the company. Well, the short term is to finish this DD on the James Bay project. Um, if that stacks up, um, then we are going to hit the ground as fast and as hard as we can. Um, you know, we probably won't get around to 200 pigmentites, but we'll try and sample as many as we can um, as quickly as possible. Um, so... That will probably become our lead project. We've got... Um, um, have you got confidence in this project? Are you, I mean, it's, as you say, you're having a crack and you see what you can do and you're surprised in, of the size and the scope of what you've got and you're, you're hopefully going to get some results shortly. But is there an air of confidence that you're on the right track look, with this? Look, you, you, you just don't know. No. Too. You just don't know. Yep, yep. Um, you just got to get on the ground. And, you know, 
You're only you only need one pegmatite of the size and quality, and you're away. So, how far into it will you make? Would there be a call from from your ground crew to you to say this is not working, or it, or we've struck it? Uh, well, striking it's an easy one. The numbers, it's a numbers game. <laughs> um, it depends on how much of the ground we can cover. Um, and what the results are. I mean, if the results are negative and we've covered, you know, 80% of the ground, well, then, you know, we'll, we'll probably move on. Yep. Um, but, you know, can we cover 80% of the ground um, this season? I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. We, we, you know, we're actually talking with our, our crews um, in Canada at the moment about yep. that. So there's that project. We've got, um, we're in the rare earth space as well. We, we, we do have a rare earth project in Canada, which we want to also get on the ground. We can't drill that until um, it freezes over winter, but we can do some field work before then. We do like the rare earth space to have a bit of uh, commodity diversity um, in that critical mineral space. Um, and we have another rare earth application in Namibia. Um, I'm obviously fairly well, uh, I know Namibia reasonably well, been working there for over 20 years. Mm. Uh, and that, uh, that now who knows what that is as well, but there's a, there's a walk up drill target there, so we, we'd love to get into that. We have our Ashburton project over here. We have a Halls Creek project, uh, which um, a scoping study just been completed by our neighbours on, uh, which was positive. So there's some potential there as well to, to realise some value from those two projects. And we have um, other companies spending money on other joint ventures for us. So it's it's fairly diverse. You spoke about Tara early in our chat, and, uh, and I remember talking to her in regards to getting out and getting a hands dirty and getting getting out amongst it and putting the boots on, are those days passed for you or do you still like doing that? <laughs> Any excuse to get out, get out and about, I'll, I'll have a crack, as long as it's not too long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so here's your pitch to investors, people listening to this podcast, either uh, straight away, uh, ASX market goss or they get wind of it uh, down the track. We're doing this, of course, in, where are we, early June. Uh, just tell us a bit about um, the pitch for Kazali Resources. Well, the thing about Kazali is that you will always have a diversity of projects. We'd like to have a diversity of, um, um, if you like, commodities as well. Uh, we'd like to have projects which are which we are definitely going to go and have a crack. You always will always out there uh, have a go at these things. Uh, we have a very large potential project in in one of the premier jurisdictions in the world for for lithium which is the hottest commodity around at the moment. So it, it's a great position to be in for a company which has a very low market cap for what we do. We have good cash and we have cash investments of around $8 million. So there's no pressure on the company there. Um, diversity of projects, good cash, right jurisdictions, right minerals. It's great to sit here and chat with you. I, again, we get restricted with a bit of time, but I'm sure that anyone listening over the last half hour would have enjoyed our chat with you, and we appreciate you coming in. Good luck to the Dockers. Got a feeling this might, if it's not this year, that window of opportunities in the next two, and then the door shuts again. You have to start again. The opportunity is the next two years. The door will always be open, Tim. And uh, before you go any further, um, go Cardies. Uh, yeah, you'll need a bit of help after you got <laughs> flogged by East Perth. Good on you. Clive Jones joining us on ASX Market Goss. Now, we would love your feedback. Make a comment, like us, share us, tell us, your, tell your colleagues, your counterparts, or the community, spread the word. And you could be listening whatever platform through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and RSS.com. As I said, please rate us and give us some feedback. And keep an ear and eye out for our very next episode until then, we'll keep digging to find more guests to chat about with their ASX market goss. But uh, Clive Jones and uh, the chair of Kazali Resources, thanks for coming in. 
my pleasure, Tim. Thank you. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the securities laws of such jurisdiction.